Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the new podcast. This is Defuse and Kat. This is our second one where we talk about relationships. You want to say hi, Kat? Hi, Kat. Meow. Okay, so um, today we're going to be talking about intimacy. I think that's an important topic. Um, one interesting thing about intimacy is the definition varies. You know, it's quite a bit from person to person. Kat, how do you define intimacy? I would define intimacy as faith in and courage to trust someone by showing your true thoughts and feelings without fi- fear or fear. Or, or fa. without fear or foe, like when you go to will. a Vietnam restaurant. Or, or foe, you're not afraid of soup. Uh, so the opposite of intimacy would be faithlessness in or fear of someone, leading to distrust and hiding your true thoughts and feelings because you expect exploitation, substituting them with lies and misinformation. Yeah, you expect lies and misinformation. That's the opposite of intimacy. Okay. That's what I would say. All right. Yeah. What's I, your definition of intimacy? Uh, well, I don't know. My thing is, I, I guess, a bit simple. My thing is snuggling and cuddling. Um, it's a big thing in, in my life as far as the partners that I'm with. I want them to hold me at night. And sometimes that's even bigger than making love as well as... Um, you know, just playing and... You like to cuddle. Yeah, I like to, yeah. Sex is great. Making love is great. Doing role-playing is great. But I really like to cuddle. I like to have, like, a nice room and a nice bed. And, Do you, you know... Have, did you have a blanket when you were a kid? Or a stuffy that you had to sleep with? No, no. No. No, I did have a blanket, but it wasn't like, you know... You couldn't carry it around with you? No, I didn't really carry it around with me. I was too busy playing with Matchbox cars. Cool. So... Even though we all like to throw our own spin on what makes a relationship intimate, social scientists agree there are four common threads present in any given intimate relationship. You want to talk about the first one? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the first one. Um, The first one I would say is self-relieving. Excuse me. (laughs) Self-revealing behavior. Um, what I found is intimate partners share information for, let's say, for example, secrets, future plans, personal details, what really happens when we were little through self-disclosure and that promotes intimacy. Definitely does. Definitely does. What happened when we were little is sharing those secrets. Yeah. There's lots of secrets. I'm a kleptomaniac. I used to hide in dirt caverns in Baytown. I stole money from you earlier. Uh, uh, <laughs> wait, you found where the money was? I, I found all the monies. Just for all the listeners that we do have, I have a portable studio here, and I tried to hide the money as best I could. I'm going to have to go count it now. Yep. I found it at the bottom of the fish tank in that little treasure chest. Nice try. God, how did you dry it out? I didn't. I just reached in there and grabbed it. God, Okay. And then I would say number two would be positive physical involvement with each other and not just sex, although that can be positive most of the time, 75% of the time. Well, I find like uh, uh, sex is like uh, pizza. 
uh, even when it's really not that good, it's pretty good. Not for me. Okay. But I would say probably like 60 to 70% of the time it's good. And that would just be like 60 to 70% of the partners I've had are good. Either way, not just that. It's going to be attentiveness, physical proximity, eye gaze, and body orientation. Body orientation being the way your body is situated next to your partner's. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, that's the thing. That's me with snuggling. That's an important thing. Uh, uh, as far as sometimes it's important to be the same height that it doesn't always be but i think the big thing is having a partner that actually cares about snuggling there's a lot of partners i've had that are just like you know you stay on one side of the bed i'll stay on the other and i don't like that that's yeah. not my thing no you like to snuggle yeah I like to snuggle you're almost obsessed with it yeah yeah to a fault Maybe, but I just no, I feel like fault, I kind of open up to my partner in that respect. Uh, I feel more toward That's her. That's where your true intimacy is born, that, is in the snuggle. Thank you. That is, snuggle. you said it so well. Yeah. All right, so we're at number three? Yeah. All right, so number three is, it is this is really important, is to understand each other. Intimate partners have a sense of understanding of each other that allows them to know each other's thoughts, experiences, let's say habits and preferences. It's important to note that understanding develops over time. I mean, it does take time and from desire, not sense of duty, like not that you're, like you're supposed to be there, like you want to be there. Like, it's not like when you go to your physics class in college and you have, like, it's a sense of duty. You have to understand the problems. It's like you want to understand your partner, not like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Intimacy involves partner responsiveness, in which partners are sensitive to each other's feelings in ways that enable them to meet their partner's needs. The partner's needs. Partner? What, what Boston we, coming out. Are we doing a different ago. accent now? <laughs> Sometimes we don't say our R's in, on the East Boston? Coast. Boston? Wait, were you even in Boston? Yeah, Did you I, grew, live there? I lived there for nine years. Nine years? Until I was nine. Your first nine? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Great Ed city. And Teresa grew up there until they were like 30. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That explains a lot of the things about you. I don't think it explains much. Yeah, it does. Okay. All right, so uh, I think the other thing we should talk about is the fear of intimacy. I think that's what people think of a lot when they think of intimacy. We think about that phrase, fear of intimacy. Yeah, so I'm going to go into it, but I I think that's a thing. There's a difference between having sex and having intimate sex. It's different. Or having a relationship and having an intimate relationship. Intimacy doesn't necessarily have to involve sex. Okay, yeah. Really? Yeah. But I, that's a common misconception, though. There, you can have intimate... Like, my daughter and I have an intimate relationship. I have an intimate relationship with my sister. Intimacy just involves, like, feeling like those points we just went through. They don't necessarily have to involve sex. It involves someone knowing you and you knowing them, like, on the deepest level. And being honest with them. Yeah, and being feeling safe to be honest. Safe enough to be honest with them completely. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to involve sex, but that is a common misconception about intimacy. Uh, you just taught me something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I schooled you. Yeah, you told. I just got schooled. That's right. I just got bitch slapped. Sure did. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, fear of intimacy. So someone who fears intimacy does not want anyone to see them clearly or know uh, know them well, really. Um, let's say, let's go through the lines. Number one, fear of intimacy masks a lot, or I should say a lack of understanding or confidence. One reason why someone might fear intimacy is that they lack self-worth to be seen as they are guaranteed rejection, like they know they're going to be broken up with or that the relationship is going to end. They are sure that they aren't attractive or interesting or worthy of attention. They know a new partner will feel that way, you know, as well. To them, intimacy is synonymous with pain. Yeah. You know, really. I get that. Uh, I get that because I'm not, I don't have the best self-esteem. So I can see how that would definitely lead to being afraid to reveal yourself. Because if you don't value yourself, you are going to think other people won't either. So um, fear of intimacy also masks hidden wounds. Past romantic relationships may be a source of pain or trauma. But an inability to open up to people might also stem for deeper, more serious wounds. For instance, a victim of domestic violence or childhood abuse may experience a visceral aversion to closeness with others that is difficult to overcome. Huh, okay. I don't have a lot to say about that. I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, let's go into uh, fear of intimacy masks, hidden secrets, uh, as opposed to wounds. Yes. People who are, you know, guarded may, in fact, be guarding something they feel is shameful. It could take a long time to earn their trust. Definitely. That's a tough one because I, I have had relationships where they there's been situations that they've encountered and they have a tough time trusting people. Shame is no joke. Shame is like a horrible thing. And that stems from usual like past trauma leading even down to like when we're a little... Even maybe womb trauma, shame is just the worst. Yeah. The hardest emotion to overcome because it's, it's literally feeling like you're worthless. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough thing uh, uh, to get through. I've been, like I said, I've been in relationships where they've had trauma um, in that sense and they or dealing with it, you know, 20 Internally, years later. Not, and not sharing it with you. The, uh, they share it. Oh, I thought. Yeah, no, they share secrets. it. Yeah, no, they do share it. I, I, as far as the relationships I've been in. Yeah. Because I like to be open with my communication when I'm in a relationship. There, okay, here are three common defense mechanisms to watch for. Constant motion, constant crowds. The last thing this person wants is to be still and alone with you. Instead, she will fill your time together with activity and busyness. He'll consistently invite others to tag along. So one way people would mask their fear of intimacy would be to be constantly moving and constantly having other friends around. So if they're like not wanting to never do anything alone or their girlfriend or mother or sister is always over, you can pretty much gather from that that they have a fear of intimacy. Huh. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been a person that kind of keeps to myself. So. The tag uh, along? Uh, uh, yeah. 
I, I definitely good. have a lot of uh, friends that I like to go out with and club with, and when I'm DJing, to be there hanging out. And um, so you. But I didn't know that that was that was a thing. Yeah, if you have a partner that's always trying to not be alone, is what they're saying with you, not in general. Oh. So if you have a partner that doesn't ever want to spend alone time, or is always wanting to be busy. Gotcha. That can be a sign of uh, fear of intimacy. Huh, okay. Um, you know, uh, in this, I'm guilty of this, a sarcastic sense of humor. Me too. Um, you know, it's like biting humor is as defensive as drawn sword. Or swords. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, multiple. We're talking about multiple swords? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> Let's do three. Seven. Yeah. Um, comments at Slice um, are a great way to keep people at arm's length, especially those who generally want to come closer. And I have to say, I've been guilty of that in the past. Oh, I still do it. I'm starting to think I might have a fear of intimacy with number one and two. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I used to just... Uh, for me, I was a, a super big geek in high school. We've been super sarcastic together, like almost to the point of bringing people to tears. So yes, that's true. Yeah, and I um, hate it when you turn it on me. Like I have to say, like it, it doesn't happen often, but when you turn it on me, I don't like it. So I don't know why I think anyone would like it if I did it to them. Yeah, I, well, especially what we're what we were talking about, biting humor, and that's not just sarcastic, but that's like lashing against someone no no that... i think that they're kind of one and the same you think so i don't think sarcasm translates on the west coast i think people are really don't get, a lot of people don't get it i love it like i think it's funny but i i don't i can see how it would be a defense mechanism and i can see how it's like strike before you get struck okay yeah i guess so but I, I I know I I've been I've been trying to like tone that down as best I can because yeah. I do realize it's just it's not being nice to another person. You're really just kind of biting out. I like that comment, uh, biting humor, because you think it's funny, but that's easy to. But do you or is it a defense mechanism? You might want to look a little deeper into your sarcasm. Maybe that's what it is. Well, I I feel like I've gotten better on that over the last couple decades. Do you think you've ever used it as a defense mechanism, though? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's lead into number three, which is one of my favorites. Okay. All right. So, oh, it's mine. Yeah. That's yours. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. So bossy. Preemptive sex. How could a person with a fear of intimacy have a casual attitude about sex, the most intimate act of all? Remember, we are talking about people who are afraid of emotional closeness. What better way to jump right over the terrifying pillow talk, such a good word, pillow talk, than to treat sex as the only point? Yeah. Hmm. You would think that someone who had a fear of intimacy wouldn't just want to jump right in the sack, but it is a good way just to be like, let's just get it over with. And Well, let's face it, it's sex. Yeah, it's not love. Sex is kind of hot. <laughs> Okay, recognizing the telltale signs that you or your partner suffers from... Wait, that's my line. I'm going to just lean into it. Suffers from a genuine fear of intimacy is the first step toward patiently overcoming it. Okay. Yeah, that's... Okay. 
if you want to overcome it, unless you just want to be scared. Man, this is some of this gets into some um, ambiguous gray area, but like it's life. it's good to hear it. Uh, let's see where we're going next. Do you think life is full of gray areas? Uh, absolutely. It's not black and white. No. What, do you think it's black and no, white? No, I definitely don't. Yeah. We all um, live our lives in shades of gray. Um, now yeah, we're shades of gray. Um, so 50 shades of them, to be exact. Oh, God. Please don't tell me you read that book. No, I didn't read the book. I did watch the movie, though. I yeah, would not I, waste. And I heard it was a turd. It wasn't that good. It's not. We, that's a different episode. We definitely will have one on BDSM. We're going to do an entire show on BDSM. Fifty Shades of Grey. No, but on BDSM we will. And that's an inaccurate, horrible portrayal of a scared... I don't even... I'm, I'll save it. I'll shelf it. Cause okay. It makes me angry. Uh, the movie? Yeah. In okay. the book, too. Yeah. I, I, I didn't read it, so I really can't say anything about it. Um. I kind of got the gist of it a bit reading the. It's not accurate. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, I what think are we talking the, about now? We should. Well, let's go into the ten ways uh, to create authentic. Or, authentic. <laughs> it's a hard word. Let I me start that. Too. The ten ways to create authentic intimacy. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's do number one. Uh, use relationships that teach you how to be whole within. And the biggest thing here is relationships aren't, uh, you know, about having another person to complete you, but to the relationship whole by referring... But coming to the relationship whole. Well, yeah, letting go of the romantic ideal of merging and becoming one. You learn to love the space in your relationship as much as you love the closeness. I love that. I love that because we have to hold space for each other. We have to be whole within ourselves before we can even attempt to get into a relationship with someone else. So I love that. I love that whole thing. What about you? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, that's um, you have to uh, respect space. But I think that it's, I mean... Because I'm 39, I'm able to wholeheartedly agree with this. But I think when I was younger, I was probably often seeking a relationship to complete me. Or I would become obsessed with relationships and stuff. But now that I'm older, I definitely feel like I am a pretty complete person. And I would seek out relationships that, you know, don't necessarily complete me, but like compliment me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's um, that's a good point because uh, in my life, so I'm older than you. I'm 47. And, and I'm 39. You're so young. Eight years. You have your whole life ahead of you. Almost to the day. Yeah. For two days a year, though, we are only seven years apart. Oh, okay, sweet. All right. We'll uh, log that. Uh, but I think um, that is a big thing as far as Maybe not looking for your soulmate, uh, but looking for someone that you love very much and that you have a good sexual relationship with and not being so obsessed with just, you know, one person the one, all the, the time. The yeah. Yeah. So number two, see your partner for who he or she really is. In relationships, we tend to box our partners in and love what we think they represent, the idea of them. 
when you realize that it is impossible to know everything about your partner, no matter how long you've been together, you begin to discover who they are and see how they grow and change as time passes. Don't box or people in. Yeah. You I have think to allow people the space to change, especially. Yeah, I agree with that as far as, you know, uh, it's easy for us, especially for me, to put on rose-colored glasses and think that that person is the person. And then you start uh, taking out the ideas or the... You pull back the curtain? Well, you just kind of... Boxing in is the right way to put it, I think, is that you put on the glasses and then you don't look at what they're actually doing in your relationship. Yeah. So, and also, I think the second part of that, giving people the space and room to grow, it's in friendships, a lot of times in relationships, if you don't allow people to change and you then what are you doing with them? Like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, I think that we all need to let each other change. And if people don't let you do that, that's not, that's fucked up. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to go into, uh, let's talk about be willing to learn from each other. Good one. I think that's, that's a big thing is cause we kind of start. We can learn something from everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I learned, um, a lot from, your neighbor, James, Mr. Yeah. James. Yeah, he had a lot. He's spitting a lot of wisdom on his birthday, 75th birthday. Yeah. I mean, you know, you always have to be open and willing to listen. Um, I think the key is to see the other as a mirror and learn from the reflection how you can be a better person. When you feel upset, rather than blame your partner and point fingers, remain awake, you know? To what has yet to be healed in yourself. Awesome. That is solid advice. I agree all with that. Of, all relationships are mirrors, right? Mm-hmm. Like your relationship with your friends, your partner. You see things in yourself that you don't like when you're seeing things in them that you don't like. So I think it's good to take pause and realize that. Because we can always grow. We can always learn more, do better, right? I would like to think so, yes. Yeah, so don't forget that one. Okay. You are not completely done growing yet, people. We're, it's uh, like they say, I'm going to be cheesy right now, but cheesy. It's, um, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And I feel like in the last like 10 years, I've kind of felt that. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um. Number four, get comfortable being alone. Accept that love can't rescue you from being alone and learn to spend time being with yourself. By feeling safe and secure in your own, on your own, you will f- feel more complete, happy, and whole. Yes, I, I ha- uh, think that's really great advice and a great philosophy, but I have a tough time with that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm not a, an alone person. That's probably why I became a DJ and started touring around the planet um, and getting to know people. But I, yeah, it's a tough one for me because I get lonely when I'm alone, honestly. And I know that's not necessarily the... I think they're synonymous with one another, though. When you're alone, you're lonely. Whatever. It's okay to, I mean, it's awesome that you can admit that. 
Because most men probably would have a hard time just being so. I mean, I try to because I think it's healthy. I actually love being alone because I have a kid and I, I'm, I know that's part of it, that I get so little alone time that I, I, I literally consider it stolen moments when I'm alone. Five here, ten there. But um, I'm okay being alone when I'm um, being active. So let's yeah. say um, cycling, jogging, uh, when I am uh, uh, doing gardening, really. I, I don't, I don't, the time just goes by. So Something I don't mind that so much. Too. It's not like anyone's perfect, right? Uh, I am. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Anyone but you? Yeah. What about me? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um let's Hi. look at the next one all right um look closely of why a fight may begin some couples create separateness by fighting and then making up repeatedly which is kind of we make that could be hot that could up. be hot yeah no don't let's be serious okay um i'm gonna repeat that i know you do like that though yeah well i i've never actually been the makeup sex kind of guy you like to fight though I do? I think so. Oh, okay. Some couples create separateness by fighting and then making up repeatedly. This allows you to continue the romantic trance. Trance, your favorite. Yeah, uh, I'm a trance <laughs> DJ back a in the day. A trance rave DJ. Creating drama and avoiding real intimacy. If you become aware of what you fear about intimacy, you'll have a better sense of where... And, and why you're fighting, and we'll fight for less. Yeah, I I hate fighting. My parents fought a lot when I was little. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So uh, I don't really, I don't, I definitely don't pick fights. I don't think. Do I? Um. Well, we're both Scorpios, so... You know, you and I, when we're getting together in the studio and we're disagreeing on script and or what to talk about or whatever the case is, um, sometimes we're just exactly alike. Yeah. Uh, when, um, I don't know. That's, what do you think if you had to one. say that you feared about intimacy, one thing that you feared about being close to someone, what would it be? Like being honest and open and sharing everything about someone, what would you be afraid of the most? Um, I don't know. That's a that's a tough question. I think I would. I definitely have fear of rejection. That's I, part I, of it. Yeah, I would have. I would fear them leaving me. Rejection. Yeah, you should not have Why that you always fear. Always gotta copy me. Like everything you copy. I know. All my answers. I'm just copying it out. <laughs> I need a Xerox in here. What's up with that? <laughs> Uh, own who you are. We generally grasp at romantic love because we're yearning, yearning for something that is out of our reach. S that's such an intense analogy. Um, something in another person that we don't think we possess in ourselves. Unfortunately, when we finally catch what we are chasing, we discover it wasn't for what we wanted at all. True love only exists loving yourself first. You can only get from another person what you are willing to give to yourself. This is solid advice. It is, it's, and that's a tough one. Once again, I think this is all good, solid advice. It's that you do have to love yourself first, and then you learn to love your partner. Yeah, 
and how many people can say that they love themselves? That's a tough one. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that from personal experience. Yeah. All right. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. You're uh, excuse me. You're uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Embrace ordinariness. You go with that Is that one. where we're going? Yeah. Okay. Um, really, after the first initial infatuation wears off, we discover ordinariness, and we often do everything we can to avoid it. The trick is to see that ordinariness... Ordinarius. Ordinarius. I can't pronounce Not that it. one. Ordinary. Well, Obama, Obama couldn't it's pronounce words. Massachusetts. He, you're right. So okay. let's just try. Okay. Ordinariness. Ordinaryless. Ordinariness. Ordinariness. Yes. Perfect. Okay. We have to break it up. Ordinariness. 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 That's how you say it. That's how you do it. That's how we do it. So, you Become the foundation of intimacy. Yeah. Um, you know, the day-to-day -day tasks that make up everyday life uh, let's say like cooking a meal gardening watching a movie with a partner can and does become extra ordinary good job definitely <laughs> what do you think about that i think that that's absolutely the key to any relationship is you know what especially when i tell the girls my daughter and her friends when they're like this isn't fun this isn't fair i'm like you know what 90% of your life is going to be boring 90% there's going to be these highs and lows they'll be like 5% highs 5% lows but 90% is going to be boring and like the mundane so you have to learn to live with that you have and if you're with a partner where you're like this is actually pretty nice watching this show that we like or cooking a meal you need to do that because if you are not embracing 90% of your life and you're only happy or sad, 10% of the time, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is to stay active, yeah. even though let's say, you know, you have a really busy day at work and, um, you know, uh, this is the first time I've hung out with a uh, for a long time with a, a, a kid, yeah, your daughter, yeah, and I, some of my favorite times is to to watch her get on the razor scooter, yeah, and tie a dog to it, and then the dog ties it, uh, like runs all the way around yeah. the block. The, the the nighttime walks around the block. That's ordinariness. And I, that's ordinary. And yeah. when I lived in Los Angeles, it was the same way. I would. Just like love getting on a bike and going to the so beach. So your ordinary day involves activity. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's the best way. Watching the sunset, you have to get out there and realize that, you know, life exists out there and it helps you appreciate that. And well, so I like those moments. Those are ordinary. Those are ordinary because the sun does set every day. Yeah, sunsets are like the best thing it ever. It happens every day, so it's pretty ordinary. Well, but people overlook it. Well, the day that it doesn't happen, I think we're pretty fucked if the sun just stays in the sky. That might be. Definitely would be, I would say. All right, where are we at? Here, I can see you're getting irritated with me. I'm not getting irritated. I just... 
I love your ordinariness. You're so ordinary. <laughs> You're so extra. Number eight. eight. I got eight. I set up. Welcome to number eight. The best number of all. It means infinity. If you like spaced it out, it could be a heart. You squished it together. <laughs> it could be two people having sex. And you guys are going to really not believe this, but number eight is expand your heart. Oh, it is? It is. Okay. One thing that unites us is that we want to be happy, right? I mean, everybody wants to be happy. If you don't, then you're fucking psycho anyway. Just kidding. If you want to be <laughs> depressed, that's your thing. You're not crazy. I'm not a therapist. Full disclosure. She's definitely not. We're both disclosure Don't that take we're our neither. Advice. Just take it for like, with a grain of salt. Two grains. Yeah. Maybe ten. Yeah, maybe twenty. Salt is small. Yeah. One thing that unites us all is we want to be happy. You want to be happy? I would love to be happy. You are happy. I actually, I'm right? happy. I'm yeah. having a good time here in Oakland. I mean, in general, everybody does. Yeah. Usually, including the desire to come close to someone in a special, loving way. To create real intimacy, get in touch with the spaciousness of your heart and bring awareness to what is good within you. It's easier to recognize the good in your partner when you're connected to the good in yourself. Love yourself. It's always coming back to that. It's coming back to that. And I think Full that's great circle. advice. That's yeah. You have to be ha um, happy with yourself if you want to give love to another person. I would definitely agree with that. Yep. And in general, I mean... I heard this quote once and it was like, people will never remember how smart you were, how witty, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Happy people make the greatest impression on people. It's like, she, and I agree with this, no matter how ordinary someone is in my life, if I see them on a regular basis and they're always positive and happy, I'm like, they are fucking great. Like, I love that. Then you're never going to, I mean, you, do you agree? I, I definitely agree. I have people that I've met and I've got people that um, I still keep in my life that are positive, positive. And that makes a big difference. Yes. Yeah. Number nine. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, let's focus on giving love. Re um, you know, relationships are not about feeling good about ourselves. Nope. Because other people love us. It's more about how well we have loved ourselves and others. The unintentional outcome of loving others more deeply is the way we are loved more deeply. I have to totally agree on this, and I have a little antidote. Um, my ex, my baby's, my daughter's father, he definitely does not love her like this. He loves her on, based on how she makes him feel. So his love for her is contingent on how she makes him feel. And it's so negative. And I'm not saying like, that's her dad. I, I will always appreciate that, that fact. And I would not say this to her and she will never hear this podcast till she's 18. If it's still around in some digital form, but he definitely loves her based on the way she makes him feel. And it's, I can t tell you right now that it does not work. Like, she's on to him. She's way smarter than that. And they have, like, contention in their relationship because of it. So if we're looking to love someone so we feel good, then it's never going to work. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a complicated issue. I don't have children, so. Yeah. But, I mean, I have seen that situation, so. 
Do you ever love someone just to feel loved? Uh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have, right? I mean, I did maybe once for an hour. I don't know if I've ever been in a relationship like that, but definitely small relationships for small amounts of time. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I've been through quite a bit of those. One or two. Um, a hundred ten. Two times ten. Hundred sixty. Two times sixteen. <laughs> you okay? Ten. Let go of expectations. You may look to things such as romance and constant togetherness to fill a void in yourself. This will immediately cause suffering. If you unconsciously expect love in certain ways to avoid giving that love to yourself, you will put your sense of security in someone else. Let love come to you instead of putting expectations on what it needs to look like. Huh. That's interesting. That's hard. Uh, that's a tough one, but I feel like I'm guilty of that. I think that that's the hardest one out of this list to do. To let go of expectations, what we expect. Ooh, uh, for me it is. Yeah. That, um, yeah. I feel like I I, I've I, done that. Yeah. I don't think I look to things such as romance and constant togetherness to fill a void, but I definitely have expectations of my partner. So letting go of those would be difficult for me. But I can see the, how it would be good. Hmm. I Man, that's a tough one. Yeah. This is complex. So are you, though. You're complicated. You are, too. So, you want to just read this page? I like this. Just, just to Wait, are we, we're doing two podcasts, right? Yeah, this is the end of the first one. This is going to be a two-part thing, the intimacy one. This okay. is perfect. We got time. But this is just, yeah, because this is like one minute. You, you should read the whole thing. Um, this is just like a summation of what intimacy is and what it demands that both people offer and what you get in return. So just read like the bold type of that, the whole thing. All right. So here's what we got. So um, uh, basically here are the terms. You have to give and receive. To hold and be held. I like that one because yeah. I like to snuggle. I know you would. To know and be known. To love and be loved. To trust, explore, and play. To look for good. To breathe, relax, and feel. I love that. To that's a, yeah, that's to that's a big one uh, because I even forget that some days. Um, as far as meditation and everything like that, to experience the mental, physical, emotional, and sexual release. <laughs> okay, not? hi. We're just throwing that in there because, of course, that's important. To connect. Why do it? Because. We all need it. Yes, I love that summation. I like that. It's like a poem. I think we forget about that in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I do like that. That my, that last one was my favorite one. Read it again. Why do it? What intimacy? The, no, the one you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, intimacy. Yeah. Why we do it? Because we all need it. Death. We need to connect with our fellow Human. humans. One hundred. And I think we're losing that. I mean, you can't do it on Facebook. You can't do it on Twitter. You can't, you can't do it. Can't create intimacy on Facebook. Sorry, guys. No, you need you need face to face. Uh, and, and we're not even talking about sex. It's not about that. It's not about connecting. Snapchat it's or something like that. It's just about just connecting and be, on a personal level. 
if someone calls, answer the call. If someone um, if somebody texts, needs you, your friend needs you, be there because yes, if you're going to need them at some point. And you know what? Next episode, we're going to do the 37 questions that can make intimacy happen like that. That was my snap. You have a good snap. It's better than mine. Thank you for listening. And we hope you learned something about intimacy today and love each other. Be kind. This is Defuse. And I'm Kat. And thank you for listening to What's Up. With that.